Hello and welcome to the Mastermind Body and Spirit Show. I'm your host, Matt Belair. As you know, we are facing extreme censorship alongside many other truth seekers out there. If you want to support the show, please go over to mattbelair.com and sign up for the email list. Join the Academy for exclusive and censorship-free content. Become a patron. And most importantly, consider doing three kind acts today wherever you are in the world. Today's guest is the founder of Solutions Empowerment and is well-versed in natural law. We are going to cover so many critical topics today. Welcome to the show, Mark Patelik. I forgot to add, I want, I hate it when I do that. Did I pronounce your name correctly? It's, I, how did the syllables go? I did? Yes. You did beautifully. <laughs> oh, perfect. Because that's one of those trickier ones. You know how it spells it. Patelic. Okay, good. Yes. But many, you'll see many different variations of it. So I don't mind. I answer anything. I've heard, heard worse. I've heard DH, if you know what I mean. And I answer to a lot of things. Some people say sweetie even. So a name <laughs> is only a name. It isn't you. So people need to distinguish between the two. So you can have a lot of fun with that. Well, I'm, so I'm thanks, so, Matt, for answering the show. Yeah, I'm, I'm so happy to have you on. You know, I had Tom Barnett on, who uh, is a friend of yours and a mutual acquaintance. Uh, had an amazing podcast with him, also Cal Washington. And getting versed with this natural law, common law, and our rights. And the work that you've done, your bio is extraordinary. And I'd love for you to share with the audience a little bit about who you are and what you do because it's so fascinating. When I was in law and security, I heard about um, you know my birth certificate being a shipping container receipt and mm. natural law and all this weird stuff. And then apparently when you um, – um, approach the the judge you're boarding a ship or something and I'm like something is really weird here what is going on and as I got older um, I became more aware of the suppressive systems that exist in the world and I always wanted to liberate myself from that and it feels like understanding natural law common law commerce can give us a remedy for this extortion that so many people are experiencing allow us to have a little bit more freedom. So um, that's my two cents, but I'd love for you to just give a little bit of your background. I know it's uh, very extensive, so just share whatever you wish. <laughs> Gosh, that's a big subject area, Matt, but uh, I would like to keep it short only because I really do enjoy subject matter. Um, <clears throat> I've probably had a life that most people would only dream of having. Uh, it started very humbly. You know, my parents uh, got out of Europe after the disastrous war. And, you know, we were the enemy, even coming to Australia. I uh, didn't have friends at school, so it made me very mentally tough. It made me very mentally strong. You know, if, if a bully wanted to pick on me, he'd, uh, he'd better be prepared because I wouldn't mince words. I would, you know, if I had to, I'd break bones because I don't come off second with anything. I'm a very peaceable guy. I love peace, but if anyone ever dreams of harming my two youngsters, mate, they'll have me to answer for. You know, you don't back off. But I have a, an upbringing that is probably not so common. That is from G German parentage. So you get, you know, history of what happened in Germany, then you get history of what happened in the Western countries, and the two do not match. So I had to work out truth, 
at an early age, and I worked it out pretty quickly because one group had integrity, the others didn't. And uh, from there I went to university, had an uh, education in agricultural science, only entered the industry for a short time because it was very boring research, but it made me a good researcher. So when I hear snippets from people, and this is a, a principle of life that 90% of everything out, out there in the big wide world is an opinion and 10% and is fact. And you'll find that at law, only the facts count. Opinion is a waste of time. Don't go into opinion. But everybody's got plenty of them and prepared to proffer them to you. So when I hear something that sounds outrageous, I don't always throw it out with the bathwater if I have no knowledge about it. For example, in 99, a lady that shouldn't know, a housewife, with all due respect, said that the wealthy operate behind trusts and foundations. And I knew that. I had ex-in-laws who are very affluent and own it, uh, control everything but don't own anything. So the next thing she said was, you know, the elite earn a 100 or a 1,000% on their money per annum. And I thought, oh, I'd like a bit of that. Never heard that before. And then, they, and then she said, oh, the tax office is not a legal entity. And I thought, what the heck? What was that? So I wrote a letter to the tax office asking them for the documents, a viewing of the documents or the legislation that created the Australian Taxation Office. And their barrister wrote back and said he couldn't help me because it's not a legal entity. So she was telling the truth. And she went to a forum in Fiji to meet billionaires and multi-millionaires. So, I, of course, I went later. But you have these moments in your life when you're working out what the rules of the engagement or the rules of the game, which is one of the names of my workshops. I do a number of different workshops. If you know the rules of engagement, then you can start playing the game to win. I don't play a game unless I know in my mind that I've already won. Don't go into battle half prepared. You know, when I mean battle, you know, we are all involved in a titanic spiritual war. It's been going on since we were created. And we all know who the adversary is. But when I say a war, there's a corporation or, or the corporate veil that has gone over the entire earth since the Second World War. And that Second World War was a spiritual war also. It was the one group of people versus the Christians. And the Christians lost. So you won't hear that in general media. But... Those people took over the earth today. And because, you know, that the pig was killed, you know, in, in 1945, because the Western countries, including Russia, which was always the enemy of the West, joined forces to annihilate Germany. And the reason for that is because Germans had kicked Rothschilds out of Germany already in the second month of office in 1933 and imprisoned any Rothschilds that were injured. Should I be saying this? Anyway, I don't want to draw attention to your, your show, but... No, you're fine to you know, share whatever. The, they were bucking the system then, and they recovered control of the Reserve Bank in four years, in 37. So they were right to do, not these private interests that control all the world's Reserve Banks, and that set up a red flag already in 
February 1933 when he put local people on the Reserve Bank board. The next month, the world declared war on Germany. That was March 33, not 1939, folks. So what I'm trying to say is that everything out there is an illusion. We think it's true, but it's a truth that they have painted for us to keep us in this environment of slavery. Once you start asking questions, you penetrate this veil of bulldust, if, I, if you don't mind me saying so, and that's what uh, truth seekers do. They don't just take on board anything that's said. They research and validate whether it's true or not true. And that's what I do. So there's been a big journey. When I went through university, for example, I wrote a big report about alternative farming. In California, which was the leader of the world at that time, uh, we're using no chemicals in certain farming practices, and yet they would, uh, the first year, lose most of their crop, but within four years, the crop was virtually at the normal production, just 4% lower, but without the chemical costs, and the chemical costs were the biggest cost factor in farming. So farmers could now prosper without the chemical giants, their soils would recover and their plants and trees grew strongly. Well, I wrote that up in a report and I nearly failed that year. That was my last year. I nearly failed because I didn't have, I didn't mention the words herbicides and weedicides and fertilisers and they were marking me down. That was an aha moment for me. I'm telling the truth and they're marking me down. They should be patting me on the back. So years later, I found out that the sciences at universities are all controlled by the drug cartels and the chemical companies. I didn't know that as a kid. You know, it's time we all step up and we grow up and we mature a little and ask the right questions. So, and then, of course, I marry into a family and my, my ex's parents, they were like the real Ronnie Biggs, if you like, you know, the guns flying and windows being shot out and all the rest of it. You know, I saw a world that most people would not see. So I learned to walk with my eyes behind my back. Now, I don't do anything that's not on, that's not honourable. You know, I'm a peaceful guy. I like to help people. I spend my entire existence helping people for the last 21 years, 100 hours a week or more. I did have a holiday in 2008 for six days, and I'm looking forward this year to taking seven or eight days off. But, you know, all I do is help people. So when you see, uh, if you do a search that, oh, this guy's a, you know, a federal terrorist and, you know, he's got tanks and he's got an army and they're waiting to come out and take over, it's, it's just fantasy. It's the system's way of suppressing uh, my name so that people don't do what I teach or do what I do. So... That's my background, so I'll, I'll let you take over and guide what it is that you maybe like to share. Yeah, well, I, I appreciate all that, and, and I know what you mean because as I peeled back the curtains on each industry, even with uh, recently with the coronavirus, uh, you know, I probably put 500 hours of research in, and I've lost a lot of friends from for from just telling people what I found. So, you know, going back, it, it always kind of goes back to Rockefellers quite often. Um, I just had a doctor a friend of mine who gave up his medical license. He was just on the show recently, Dr. Pierre Theriot, and he gave up his medical license because of this corruption. He said, I can't 
work in the system knowing what they're doing. Yeah. And, and this is, and he was talking about how the, the funding of the bank, I think he said it was like the Jesuits, which I don't know a lot about. Yeah. Um, I've heard about the, the Kaisars and the Rothschild and things like that. Yeah. But he said they funded China. And it's always the bankers. I learned in researching war, it was always the bankers yes. that funded everything. And my study with the indigenous cultures, um, you know, three different indigenous teachers, their history is completely different than our history. Mm -hmm. And there's that famous quote of uh, history is written by the winners yeah. and people don't question. And now I'm witnessing it in real time with the deletion of thousands and thousands of accounts, YouTube channels, similar to the book burnings. And so even if I wanted to present the evidence, which most people are closed minded as it's going forward, they're saying, you know, you're a danger and fall in line and be obedient. Yep. Um, and now half of the videos saved are deleted. And so one has to kind of open up their mind a little bit to what is going on and peel them behind the curtains because you should have this sense like Neo in the matrix, something is wrong. And I always had that sense. How can 9.1 million people be starving to death? How can this be our education system? Why don't they teach all of these things around, you know, mindfulness and harmony and personal empowerment that I've been learning through martial arts and all these other disciplines? Why aren't we rewarded for being honorable and taught how to, uh, how do we not have peace? And that's one of the lessons from the native Americans. They're like, you know, peace is your next upgrade as a civilization. Why, how can you get to peace? And so uh, maybe you can just start commenting on some of that. Uh, when you know who the adversary is, uh, the job of the adversary when they were thrown to the earth for 6,000 years was to separate the creation from the creator. That's us. So the purpose was to keep us uh, ignorant of who we are and who our creator is uh, because we have life eternal. And there are a lot of listeners that probably think, oh, look, this guy's a nutter. I don't really care because I know, you know. Uh, I'm an agricultural scientist. And just to give you an idea of how complex life is, one cell does millions of reactions and it has an envelope called a cell membrane. And when you bring nutrients into a cell or take toxins out of a cell, there's a liposome in the cellular membrane specific for every nutrient and every toxin. Now, we're told, right, we're told the first cell formed in a primordial soup simultaneously. Now, a cell has thousands of structures that run the cell. If one structure dies, the cell dies, and then the organ dies, and then the, then the animal dies or whatever. Like mitochondria, the powerhouse of the cell. But if I said to you, Matt, you do know, don't you, that the world's fastest, biggest supercomputer formed overnight. But not only did it form overnight, it the software design to run it formed overnight instantaneously so the supercomputer could run. You'd think, Mark, come off of it. Which planet are you on, mate? Don't give me that rubbish. Well, what I can tell you is a cell is far more complex than any supercomputer. And the scientists that taught us, the professors, 
they were all people of faith and their talk, their, their teaching evolution, those people are accountable on the last day. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying there. They're accountable in the Lamb's Book of Life. So when you're misleading the population, your life is on the line. So you can't say you're this and act like that. You've got to put your money where your mouth is. So, you know, I learned from a young age already that cells are extremely complex and is impossible to form simultaneously in a primordial soup. How the heck can all these structures come inside a cell and a membrane just appear and all these reactions work from day one? And, you know, the list goes on and on and on. Give me a break. And I don't care if there are scientists on there who want to refute it because they can't. There is no logic to any evolution. Even Darwin died on his deathbed saying he could not find one trace of information about evolution and that he recanted it. But because those people who controlled the earth already by then uh, liked the story of evolution because it took people away from their creator. And now... They don't have any responsibilities. They're not accountable to the creator. They're only accountable to themselves. So it's all right now to go out there and rape, pillage and plunder because the Pentecostals, for example, say that there's no right and wrong. It's all grey area. It's relative. Bull dust. That is not what the scriptures say. There is definitely right and wrong. You don't go around there raping every kid that you can get your hands on. That is wrong in my view, but also in the creator's view. So, you know, people have got to learn who they are, but they've also got to learn which master are they serving. There are only two. There's the creator and there's the adversary. The adversary in the scripture is related, is called mammon in parts. And mammon, the source of that is uh, 1 Samuel Chapter 8, verse 3, when the people, the Hebrew people asked for an earthly king and the creator said no. And then the, the prophet that was uh, the um, spiritual leader of the country, that was Samuel, said to the people no. And people yelled back, we want an earthly king just like the other countries. And eventually the creator relented and gave them King Saul who became King Paul. But that was the source of government. So you either serve the creator or you serve the government. There's no in-between. So people got to learn which is your master. Now, I would rather die fighting a free man than live as a slave. I will never be a slave. And that's part of my ancestry, my my parents and grandparents are extremely fierce. They fought to the death to keep Rothschild's empire out of Germany in two world wars. So, you know, that's the sort of mindset you need if you want to win at everything that you do. You've got to be fierce as a peaceful man, fierce in terms of knowledge and your vocabulary. When you learn key words, for example, there's a... Um, a lot of common law people in the around the world say, oh, we're flesh and blood men, as I mentioned earlier, Matt. 
There's a legal proceeding that was on the Gold Coast here in Queensland, Australia. The, the uh, defendant passed away and, uh, during the course of a lengthy proceeding. And anyway, the, the judge summed up and said, despite him passing, the defendant passing away, it did not change the status of his persona, of the person. And the people that were interviewed by the media outside the court said, what do you think of that judge? You know, the defendant died. He's saying it didn't change his status. He's an idiot, isn't he? And everyone agreed with it. What the judge was saying is that the flesh and blood was always dead. You only see that it's dead when you die because the spirit leaves the body. The life force is in the spirit, not in the body. There's another thing people say, oh, we're sovereign, and that's fine. A sovereign, by definition, is an underlord. And if you look at any law dictionary, you guys got blacks over there. We got Butterworths. We got a, there's a whole bunch of different legal dictionaries. I suggest everyone get a copy. You can buy a copy for a dollar at any secondhand bookstore because they throw them out. Get a legal dictionary. The word sovereign means a party that has a territory to defend, uh, has a castle, has a population, uh, has their own currency, uh, and a few other things. So unless you've got all those features, how are you sovereign? You can't be. There is another word, but it's omitted now from um, generations of dictionaries called souverain. That is overlord, like the Messiah was. We are sons and daughters of the Creator, just like the Messiah. So we are souverain. We're not sovereign. The Queen's a sovereign. She's got a territory and a castle, but she's also an underlord because she's a she was appointed as the steward on earth for the Messiah. So she's below the Messiah. We're not. We're on par with the Messiah. So people have to learn who they really are. So um, well, let me, from yeah, there. Wow. Holy smokes. Okay. Let me jump in there because I, I, I've heard and understand fragments of what you're talking about. It's interesting because when Cal was on the podcast and when I've gone through some of his stuff, he references the Bible uh, a bit and not in like the um, religious sense. I feel like, you know, religion has kind of distorted a little bit of what the message, yeah. even what you're saying now, there's such a resistance to that, but he said that yeah. the queen swears on the King. I think it's the 1911 King James version. She swears on that. And he was also talking about, is that 1611 16, King James. Oh, 1611. Okay. Um, thank for you. Thanks for that correction. It's important because people get the wrong one. Um, and so he's talking about um, Adam and Eve and he's talking about uh, God and, and Lucifer or Satanism. And, and unfortunately it exists here. And the, I know that from working at human trafficking and, and now that I've become aware, I see it more and I'm like, Oh my God, it's, it's actually everywhere. And it's so overt. And he was Big saying industry. that, what's that? It's an enormous industry. Probably the biggest industry in the world is people trafficking. Organs, yeah. bodies, children. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Blood of children. Yep. Yeah, exactly. And most people, they, their brains can't even think of that or handle that. Um, but I think about how do we get a solution if that's what's happening. But the way that he defined it, he said the – uh, you know, basically the Satanism or the Luciferian is they, they, anybody who wants to overthrow the most high and however you're phrasing it now is similar 
to his understanding or kind of how he was speaking. And I'm just curious, like when we're trying to do good in the world, the one distinction I want to ask you about is, you know, are serving the two masters. A lot of people believe they're, they're doing something good. Let's, let's say they're serving the government or they're, they're, they're doing what they think is good, whether they, you know, they think like the Nuremberg trials, right? They think vaccinating people's good, which I'm sure I, I have a guess on what your opinion is on that. Um, but they think they're doing good. So how do they unplug their minds from this massive brainwash to know and, and get on the righteous path? Yeah, that's a good point. And we, we all get roadblocks. You know, my own family only, I met my dad when I was in my 30s. It took me many years to get him to open up to realise I know something, you know. But my stepdad, my mother, I've got uh, nine brothers and sisters, three different families. None of them are active at what I'm doing. So I get the point you know, you, you, the, the last people to get through to are family members. I have no issue educating anybody. I used to. I used to try and push a thought on people and there'd be red doors. I learned when the door's red, leave it and go to the green door. But these days, I'm a little bit more, I guess, polished, you might say, a little smoother. If someone goes, oh, you've got to be vaccinated, I would just say, well, maybe. See, I'm not arguing with them, or maybe not. But do you have some evidence where the vaccination actually has done a lot of good and hasn't done a lot of harm? I just want to see it, and I'm happy to do it then. Just provide me with some evidence. Oh, I haven't got that here. Well, when you get it, let me know. You know, it's how you come across. Um, I don't care who it is. I can get the hardest nose bloody-nosed-minded person. And when I ask a few little questions, it'll come round where they eat out of your hand, but not maybe on the subject matter you want, on another subject matter. I use a good, a key one is, oh, you remember the war we had with Iraq back in 1991 where, you know, the Allies went in there and, uh, or even in 2001 later, they went in there twice, and I won't go into the details of all that, but, you know, and, uh, and they found all the weapons of mass destruction, didn't they? And then your respondent looks at you and goes, what? I never heard about that. There were no weapons of mass destruction. And I wait till I hear that from them. That tells me that they already know, that they know I told a porky. I said, yeah, you're right, you know. They never found it, but wasn't that the guys, the, the governments, especially the American ones, but all the allies used to go in there and level Iraq because they had all the history from the create, you know, the, uh, the um, Christian faith and all the other faiths. Iraq is the cradle of civilization in that respect. They wanted to obliterate that history. That's why they went in there. But anyway, when you say, uh, but you know. The cause was, and they didn't find it. Are you telling me that the governments were telling us a few porkies and they go, ah, oh, you know, their eyes roll and they, they know governments lie 100% of the time. The joke is, when is a politician lying? When you see their mouth move. You know, you don't have to educate them that bureaucrats and, and government uh, ministers and, and, you know, 
they're all psychopaths and they're all liars and they serve a higher master. You don't have to educate the common man or woman. They know that. So the way you get in is you just say, what, they lied about that and they lied about that and that and that? Do you suspect that they might lie about just about everything? And now you've raised the seed of doubt and they're thinking, yeah, they probably flippin' well do. Well, you know, do you think they might be lying to us about the vaccinations? You know, they all got mercury in them. You know that mercury is the most toxic element known to man. And why would it be in our, in our vaccinations? And you know it's got uh, fetal tissue in there, which causes uh, autoimmune disease. You know, why are we taking this? You know, you said you're a man of faith. Are you questioning the creator's wisdom? Didn't he build the greatest immune system that could be designed for us so it protects us? What do we need vaccinations for? And you start to get them thinking then. But if you went without all the groundwork and just went whack in their nose, uh, you know, you'll make an enemy. So you yeah, can well, educate I mean, people. Well, I agree with that. I guess for this one specifically, I was wondering like at that, at the end of the road, you know, because if you look at genocides that have happened on the planet, it's always humans oppressing other humans, right? Yes. Sometimes they're in a fog. Sometimes they're in, well, they're almost <laughs> always under some sort of manipulation. And uh, yes. I, I've been bringing up this quote pretty much every podcast, but it, it go, it's by Rudolf Steiner. And it says, anything that seeks to restrict or bind by definition is luciferianism and so are yeah. luciferian and so if that's what you're advocating for you're probably not on the side of the good guys and so when they have to face up they're gonna have to face up but but is there an opportunity for them to unplug you know what i mean like in their own version of the world it seems like like they might oppress me and they might be thinking they're doing the right thing and i'm trying to say no this is this is not right you need to leave now well, all I can say is you can only do your best. That's the first thing. And the second thing is do it gently. You know, the Messiah taught us to lead by example. Be gentle. And when you're gentle and ask some key questions which expose the fraud when, they, when people think about it, then you, you get them. See, our job is only to sow seeds, because the scripture says, let the spirit do the convicting. Your job as a man of faith or woman of faith is to just sow seeds. So you just sow little bits of information and some of it will catch and some of it won't. Some will wilt, some will die, but some will blossom. So, you know, you scatter your seeds and you find out who comes with you. And not everyone will. So don't expect them to all come with you. But I tell you what, those that do will develop a new life and a new sense of freedom because, you know, I've been doing these uh, workshops all over Australia, New Zealand, and also in the UK. I did one and I never got to America yet, though I've been asked several times to come. But when people learn what we teach, and that is freedom, you can get to very close to 100% freedom. I don't know if anyone can ever be 100% free, but instead of being 10 or 20% free, you can certainly get up into the 80s and 90s. And it's all how you approach, but there are fundamental ground-laying um, ground principles that people need to deal with commerce, because we're in commerce. We should not be in commerce, because the scriptures say you're... 
uh, of the earth. Hang on, you're in this world, you're not of this world. In other words, you may be involved with commerce, but you should not be partaking with it. And the government, in fact, in 1933, protected us when the governments worldwide at all at the same time committed insolvency and they all became corporatized because the gangster banksters took over, except in Germany in 33 when, you know, crazy man came in and kicked the Rothschilds out and took over the bank and they became free, the first country to become free in probably 200 years or something. So, you know, um, the groundwork is really understanding how to negotiate commerce and there are three areas of jurisprudence that's law and any good book on contract you can download them from the internet google uh, contract or google a book on contract and just download or go to the second-hand bookstore and buy one for five bucks it goes into the three areas of law jurisprudence it goes into the rules of equity it goes into the rules of the common law and it goes into what they call statute or legislation now this is a miniature workshop it goes it, it takes a day to go through what I'm going to go through in about two minutes but legislation is of course man-made it is just bills that are put before government. They um, vote on it, get consent, and then they put it into what they call law or legislation by way of acts or codes, and they are not law. They are simply legislation or colour of law. Just like people and man and woman is substance and a person, citizen, resident is a construct of the mind which is a legal fiction and if you're a person being a legal fiction anything in the fiction is dead so if you're dead then you're subject to legislation if you're a man or woman you are not subject to legislation man is not subject to any law other than natural law and man is not subject to any man-made institution without his consent. That is a Supreme Court case law ruling of 1796 in the US, uh, Cruden, C-R-U-D-E-N versus Neal, N-E-A-L-E. I have two of those. And they both say, basically, man is not subject to any law other than natural law, and it separates man from the corporation. So when you know that you're not a corporation, you're not a name, you know, people address me by the name Mark Patelic. I'm not Mark Patelic. I'm a man addressed by the name Mark Patelic, and name is intellectual property. The question is, who owns the name? There are two forms of the name that you own once you're 18. Mum owns it before. And that is full lowercase format. And under English styles manual, the, the format of the English uh, language, a proper noun is the title. It's title case with the initial is capital and the rest of the name is lowercase. 
those two forms are your property. All the other forms, all caps, which means uh, maximum loss of status, and a whole bunch, Mr., Judge, Doctor, um, Letter for a name, all those are adulterations of the two forms that is your property, therefore being a trespass of your intellectual property, but they are not your property because the system created the other forms of the name. So they have legal title. You do have equitable title. Legal title is ownership. They have ownership of the other forms. But the uh, equitable title you have, which is use and possession rights, you have the right to use those names to conduct commerce with. And that was created by your government so they were protecting you, the living. So don't swallow the garbage you hear from these gurus and common law. You know, run away from the name. Don't answer to that name. Don't go blah, 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 blah. All false or less than correct. You know, you can answer to any name, but you can state that you're not the legal person. It, there's a separation the moment you say, I answer to that name. The judges say, oh, but you're the name, aren't you? Sir, with respect, I do answer to that name, but I reserve all my rights and I waive all benefits and privileges. And then you go on with your case or anyone else in the public, a police officer. Oh, are you that name? No, I answer to that name. Oh, well, you're the name. Well, do you have some evidence of that? What do you mean? How can I be a name? Am I not a man? Oh, what's that got? No, no, no. Am I not a man? Say yes or no. He said, well, yeah, you look like one. No, no, no. That's not an answer. Stop beating around the bush. Answer me with respect. Am I not a man? Yes, I am a man. Or no, I'm not. Which is it? Well, you, yeah, okay, you're a man. What's it got to thank you? So what authority are you relying on now to claim you've got jurisdiction or status to tell me what to do? Oh, I've got the Police Powers and Responsibilities Acts or any other act. I don't care who they are. When you know who you are, you will be free because they can't do anything to you. We have case after case after case after case, and I can go infinitum, of examples where people have had successes, going from hot zones to cold zones without passes, going interstate without passes, travelling on planes without passes, arriving overseas to Australia and not going into quarantine for two weeks because they held their position. They asked the right question. Look, I don't consent to that, sir. Oh, you need to go to that queue over there because uh, you've just come in from overseas and you've got to go into quarantine. With respect, no, I don't consent. How do you get away with that? You have to know the three areas of jurisprudence. Rules of, well, I'll go, well, I mentioned legislation, statute. Nothing to do with you as a man. Now, if you believe you're a citizen or a resident, that's you. Legislation applies to you. Now you've got to perform what they direct you to do. But if you say, am I not a man? Well, yeah, you're a man. Well, how does that apply? How does an act or a code or a statute apply to a man? You know, I've got 70 lawyers on my database. I've asked them all over the years, provide me some legislation anywhere on earth where the legislation applies to a man or a woman and not one of them has found any. Maybe you're better than them. Maybe you can find something. 
and then they laugh, you know. Obviously, there isn't. So how does your legislation apply to me? Second area of jurisprudence is the rules of the common law. And most people can get uh, a remedy in that jurisdiction. Now, common law and statute or legislation are two different jurisdictions. I hear arguments all over earth on which one's stronger. Well, neither are. You've got the wrong direction. They're different jurisdictions. The public are under legislation, whether they're lawyers, accountants, government, any government employee, which is like a United States citizen or a citizen of California, they're employees of the government or any agent of government is subject to legislation. If you say I'm a national, a US national, you're outside of legislation and the legislation, federally and state, do not apply to you because you're a national. It's substance. You're a man or a woman. But under, under the uh, rules of common law, not everyone who's had a tort or been damaged can get a remedy. So in 1602, and I've got the case law, uh, the Chancery created a new branch of law called equity. It comes out of trusts. And equity in a legal uh, meaning is what is fair, what is just, what is equitable. So it, it gazumps the other two. Uh, in the Commonwealth countries, which is still two-thirds of the earth, uh, there is a Judicature Act uh, where it says that to the extent of any controversy, which is argument, between the rules of equity and the rules of the common law, definitely one that is superior. Rules of equity is a part of contract because when you go into a contract, a contract, people do so voluntarily. Someone wants to buy something, someone wants to offer goods or services. Sure, they might haggle because the... Um, the offer was never limited or negative. That's the language within the Bills of Exchange Act, which is America's uh, Division Three of the Uniform Commercial Code was the former Bills of Exchange Act. In it, it says that to the... Um, I've lost my train there. So rules of equity is part of contract where people... Uh, negotiate and then they come to an equilibrium and agreement. So they're both consenting. Consent is one of the uh, parameters of contract. Um, capacity, end result, consideration, meeting of the minds and a few other things. So equity, there is no legislation on earth that can override or trespass or diminish an agreement or contract. There is none. And when you know that, that everything in life is about an offer and acceptance, and if you're the acceptor, you have the right to either accept an offer or to not accept the offer. If someone says to you, step out of that car, you can say, oh, uh, look, I may or may not, but I don't consent to it. If you don't get out, I'm going to beat you up. Well, now that you've threatened me, which is already the offences of breach of the peace, assault, uh, assault with a weapon or serious assault, trespass, um, 
false arrest and possibly false imprisonment and I need your indemnity insurance number and I need your name, what for? Well, I'm going to put a complaint to your indemnity insurance. There's one little gem. There's many Archeels here with the public. And if you know a few of those, you're going to win every time. I need your indemnity insurance number. I'm going to put a complaint against your indemnity ins- against you to your indemnity insurer. And let's see if you've got a job next week. Uh, look, just don't do that again and bugger off. We've had it happen. I've had a lot of students have that happen too. You just ask the right questions, you get left alone. There are many archaeos here. And then uh, common law is just case law precedent. It started in the UK a thousand years, 1,200 years ago, whatever. They had communities that had their own rules, but they, they expanded and they needed to harmonise them across the country. So they formed uh, courts and juries and, and judges and juries make decisions, but they're very narrow. Uh, they're used in a narrow range of cases. So when parameters for an offence or whatever, uh, there's a new variable, they have to have a new um, trial to make a new determination. So they have very restricted application and for that reason common law is not so common anymore. They've statutized everything so that it's much less expensive through the judicial system. And there are some good statutes and there are some not so good statutes. So you just need to be aware of it. In, you know, the, the, the thing that does prevail is the rules of equity. And I only, I only use rules of equity. And that's why we win at everything. You know, we can cite um, um, at times case law and legislation, but not for, our, for us against them. Another little Archeel's heel. Everyone in the public must operate under a code of conduct. Uh, for example, the Australian Taxation Office has a taxpayer's charter. That's their code of conduct. In the banking industry has a banker's code of practice. So you can download that and then you know what all employees of the banking industry, what code of conduct they must uphold and comply with. And when they don't, you just throw that in their face and say, oh, you won't give me any information. Does that look like you're going to be fair, open, just, transparent and accountable? As it says here on page three, and then they look a bit sheepish, and then you'll get your answers. So, you know, once you know a few little things, a whole new world opens up. And, you know, what we teach on our website are firstly, these three principles and to reside in the rules of equity and to settle matters privately. When you can take care of all these corporate pirates' debts, you know, they're hammering the whole population worldwide. People got rates, they got speeding fines, infringements, they got tax, they got regulation costs. You know, before long, what comes into the householder's income just can't make it. It just cannot, you can't meet your liabilities. Well, we show 10 different ways of discharging liabilities so that your cost of living can be halved or even lower. So if you've got a surplus each week, now you can learn how to leverage it and create wealth really quickly. And people do. But you can't do that when you're one week to the next behind the eight ball and getting further indebted. You know, you can't be free if you haven't got financial freedom. You're going to be buffered around by the next corporate parasite or pirate and demanded, you know, extortion money. Sorry if my language is strong, but 
I have a little detest uh, uh, for for um, corporations and the public. If I had my way, if I was the president, there wouldn't be any corporations so that people couldn't hide behind corporations anymore. Corporations are not evil. They're dead. It's the people behind them that do all the the dirty things like mandatory vaccinations and all the rest of the garbage that, that is going on in the world. 5G, that's the next thing we're going to target is 5G. Just upgraded a whole bunch of things because there's a principle. If you don't make a complaint about something you're not happy with, then you've got no complaint. Oh, sorry, Matt, are you happy that I keep talking? I mean... Oh, this, yeah, no, I'll, I'll sit here and listen all day. Um, you know, I know that your, your knowledge is deep, so it's nice to let you go. So you're going to kind of touch on the points, you know, as you, as you um, keep explaining different things. I just wanted to jump in because um, I'm familiar with some of your work through Tom and some others, you know, discharging mortgages successfully repeatedly to me is amazing um some people out there have said you don't have to pay taxes if you know what you're doing um you're one of those people that's legit cal washington is one of those people that's actually legitimate and he's been on the show um so what i wanted to do i'd love for you to keep touching on that but as you were framing everything I think it's important that people realize that your website is going to have deeper answers to all of this. So all the details and stuff, it takes time to go through, to understand, to apply. It's not like, you know, a lot of people on the cow shows, like, I wish I asked them this detail. And, and as you went through, I wanted to ask you details on all of that stuff so I could go apply it immediately. But I also yep. understand it takes time and I'm going to have to spend three months, six months, a year going through, learning, integrating that information, and then sharing it in the world. So for people yep. who are really interested in this, I'd invite them to go to the website. So that's the first thing that I wanted to say, because what I wanted to do with my time with you is, is like, okay, I, from what I know and understand, I believe that this is true and possible, and I want to explore it. And talking to you personally, the things that I'm very curious about, um, and we'll see which ones you kind of want to lead into and, and feel most inspired to talk about. But I always like asking the big questions to someone like you. It's just like, what is going on in this planet? Like we got into like aliens and ancient civilizations and, and the meaning of life <laughs> and all that. Like what the actual, all the swear words is happening here. That's kind of like a big one. Um, how do we get free? Like how do we actually get free in this, in this system where it's so broken and and so I'm going to throw them all out and I've written them down. So I'll, I'll re, you know, you can touch on maybe some of them are easier than others. Um, the other one is, are you hopeful for the future? Because I sometimes am terrified when I see this vaccine and this depopulation agenda and the enforcement, I don't have that kind yeah. of knowledge right now. I'm going to end up, you going somewhere. I'm going to say, leave me alone. I'll try to use something. I'm not gonna have the knowledge yet. And then they're going to, they're going to get me. So I'm terrified uh, about that. So I'll leave those three big ones and then I'll, I'll make sure that I ask the other ones at the end, which are basically um, Russell J. Gould. What do you think about him? Because that's a fascinating story and I hope it's true. It seems yep. legit. He's got videos from years ago speaking the same language, like about law and, and seems to have a lot of a, a big track record. And so I'm going to throw all that, that yep. at you and we'll see where we, we land. All right. Wow. <laughs> They're all big subject areas, man. You know. uh, there's two sources of energy, Matt. 
One is fear, and that comes from mammon or the deceiver, the system. They use fear every way they can to disempower you. And the other source is love. That comes from the creator. What I, you know, my first fight was at preschool when I couldn't speak English. I went to school and I was the target of everybody. I learned pretty quick how to fight. And I learned how to not just fight, I wouldn't come off second best. I'm a skinny guy, I'm light, but I am very, I was very, very strong. You know, at 70Ks, I was only one of two people that could lift 250 pounds on a bench press. You know, I use that too, but not just strength. You speed. But what I'm saying is your mind has to be strong at whatever you do. So none of this wishy-washy stuff. I can tell when people shake your hand. If it's a floppy handshake, there's no backbone. I'm generalizing. Not everyone is like that. I am generalizing. But you know, your mind is everything. If you say you can't, then you can't. If you say you can, you definitely can. The word can't isn't even in my language. Whenever I've had roadblocks in my life, I've looked for the next hurdle or I look for a tunnel, or I look for a way around. You can't say, uh, you know, you can't do that. If someone says to me you can't do that, I will make it my business to find out how you can. So attitude is everything, and you've got to protect it. When you talk about how can you be free or freer, well, you have to know that the world is not, at the moment, the realm of the creator. The scriptures say he gave mankind free will and would leave the earth alone for 6,000 years. And we're right at the end of that period now. So if, if the creator intervened, people would come back and say, see, you never really allowed us free will. You're now intervening. and We wanted to do that and you're stopping it. So the creator had to uphold their their promise. I don't use the word God for a reason because I met a linguist oh, 20 years ago, sadly passed away. He knew what every letter of the English language meant. He knew what every letter of the alphabet of the Hebrew language meant. And he said the word G-O-D, those letters combined means adversary. So all the churches of the world who are all registered, by the way, meaning they serve a different master, um, tell their people to pray to the adversary. How clever is that? So all, all anyway. my all my Native American teachers use Creator. None of them I've heard them say God. Well, Every, there you everyone. go. They're close. They're closer to the Creator than what we are, to be honest. And it's time Western man stepped up and found out who he really is. It's time. And, you know, I have a low patience for a low, low tolerance for ignorance and naivety. If we put information in someone's face and they still choose to be dim-witted, I'm out of there, you know. And I'm being respectful, but there are too many people that need help where there's a green door. I spend all my energy on the green doors. There's more than enough of them, believe me. Any red doors... Mate, you can drown in your own ignorance. I had no sympathy or empathy. You know, I had to wake up early. We've all had our realities when we didn't get what we wanted. And, you know, we have to grow up. 
So who's responsible for our own life? Isn't it ourselves? I take responsibility for my life, not somebody else. So when you talk about freedom in a world of slavery, there are degrees of freedom. But you have to know that your adversary, sorry, you have to know that the party that controls the earth is the adversary. And just knowing that should tell you enough of what to evade and how to behave yourself because we're all accountable on the last day. You know, we have two rules, love thy creator, whether it's the adversary or, the, or the, our creator, and the other one is love thy neighbour. So in other words, you don't go then, you know, stealing your neighbour's car and messing with his wife or whatever it is. That's not an expression of loving your neighbour, you know, from your heart. So but being free, if you, firstly, you keep a low profile, not like what I'm doing here. I've kept a low profile for 21 years until I met Tom. Tom's a graduate <laughs> of a couple of, <laughs> couple of workshops and he's got lots of successes and he said, Mark, you've got to do this online and get out to the world. Absolutely. Tom's a good interviewer. So I relented and now I'm doing many of them and, you know, my my privacy has been shattered but anyway i'm doing it because we want to wake the world up while we've got half a chance so if you learn these principles of rules of equity you can deal with anything privately and you can have a very quiet successful prosperous life believe me i have multiple bank accounts none in my name we only use trusts and foundations we get People that meet us anyway through the website or me personally or word of mouth, we transition people from the public into the private. There you, you, when you're in the private, you cannot be attacked by the public. They can't go after you. For instance, when you fill out your tax returns, your uh, IR, um, IRS forms, Form 80, whatever it is, if you fill it out correctly, you'll never have a tax obligation. That's one way. Now, tax is a voluntary compliance system universally. So they can't force you to pay tax. So on the form itself, there will be uh, an offer to you to escape the tax system where you're not required to file a tax return any longer. Your accountant isn't going to tell you that because they're registered, which means they serve the public. They work for the tax office. They can't do what we share with you. So when you're out in the private, you can totally bypass the rapacious public piracy predatory system. I hope I get that across in a nice way. <laughs> it's just I have an uneventful life now by choice. I'm at peace. My bank accounts are not in my name. Money goes through them. No one says boo. Hope after this they won't, you know, they'll keep away too. But when you have issues, you can settle them privately, maybe around the table with whoever it is or maybe over the phone. And things are easy because you don't, you're not at war with anyone anymore. You're at peace and you don't argue. You either accept the offer and you've got many ways of settling or you conditionally accept the offer where you say, I'm prepared to do that, either pay that or comply with what you're directing of me 
once you first provide evidence that you have jurisdiction and authority to demand or direct me to do that. They have to provide the evidence because there's a maxim of law that says the one that makes the claim bears the burden of proof. That's the first one. And the one that makes the claim must provide the remedy. Now, in the first one, the one that makes the claim bears the burden of proof. If they've come to you with a letter or a statement of account, they're wanting something from you. But in the old days before the corporates took over, when an offer was made, someone put their wetting signature on the account and you would then pay it. But since it's been corporatized universally since 1945, no one was there to obstruct the pirates, the plunderers. Uh, everything is corporate. So the thing that governs uh, commerce in every corporation, USA is a corporation since 1871, is the Bills of Exchange Act. It's the principal act of every Commonwealth country as well as non-Commonwealth country like the US. So your governing Bills of Exchange Act is Division 3 of the Uniform Commercial Code. It's worth reading. If you want our shortened version, we have an Australian one, which to most people is gobbledygook. But <clears throat> the 100 sections, we've taken 20 out of it, which are the most important sections and put it in a form where people can appreciate it and recognize it so we can make that available it's all on their website anyway but when you know how to engage commerce you'll become free and all the parasites will be gone or when they uh, come to you you can address them because the letters or the statements of account have a signature on there, but it's not what you thought. It's a corporate seal. And under the Bills of Exchange Act, ours is 97.2, it says a corporation seal is its signature. Therefore, when you got that statement of account or a, a demand notice or anything else, when you printed it out for microsecond, it was wet. So the signature was wet. So it qualifies as a wetting signature. All you have to do is to accept it. That's, that's what's called um, full acceptance. You take control over, over it, you complete it, you can change the terms and conditions to suit you, and any that don't suit you, you cross out if it's a single line and initial it, or diagonally if it's a paragraph and you initial it, and then you add your own paragraphs that are in your favour, and then you countersign. But our Section 32, Part 1 of the Bill of Exchange Act says that you must provide an amount of any amount sufficient to support a simple contract. You'll have that too under the Uniform Commercial Code Division 3. So what amount can you put there to support a simple contract? A $1 check or a $1 bill of exchange. We do it routinely and the debt's taken care of. So... There are many ways of dealing in commerce where you take control and you do a full acceptance. A conditional acceptance is simply, I'll pay or I'll perform when I see your proof of claim. And they can't provide proof of claim, so you win by default. Terrible, isn't it? Anyway, you turn, you win. Shocking position. 
<coughs> anyway, sorry if I'm sarcastic, but it's a different world when you know how to deal with these pirates and plunderers. Yeah, they they ac- they absolutely are people who extort when you understand it. You know, it's it's unbelievable. Um, you know, I had it recently because I got one ticket, and they've they've made the uh, handheld devices. I was using my phone when I was going to Maine yeah. to do a weekend with uh, one of my Native American teachers, and um, I had to get off, and I was using my phone. So it's a distracted driving thing. I go to get insurance and they give you a two day suspension. I didn't know how to fight it in court. I tried and lost because I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Um, but I gave it a shot. I showed up and I just tested the waters and, um, you know, so yeah, I was like, okay, so I, I got a, you know, a feeling of what it was like in there, but then to go get insurance, they're saying, oh, well, you've been driving for 20 years, no accidents, um, one speeding ticket in this. Now I'm high risk insurance. So my insurance is through the roof. I'm like, this is extortion. Like, you know, this is complete insanity. Yeah. So yeah. Too bad yeah. you didn't live close to me in, in a little bit uh, before. So I guess I w- wanted to ask, like, my thought when you're saying this is I've heard of stories of people say, oh, they can't pay their taxes. So then they try and go to jail. You know, Cal has some stories of people maybe using it dishonorably or in some sort of way where they don't have a full knowledge and they go in and they, and they end up in jail. I think a lot of people will be afraid of that, especially now that I'm a father, I'd be so concerned. What the question yeah. I want to ask is what level of knowledge or time frame or confidence roughly, because I'm sure everyone's going to be different. Where, <laughs> where could they start applying yeah. this to at least see some remedies for some of the overt extortions, like the, fi- uh, the smart meters yep. coming on the house right now. I don't know how to get it off. I know that it's bad, but I would like to acquire the knowledge to get that off my house. You know what I mean? And then the vaccines come in. And so we'll start with the small one. If time frame for somebody going through the solutions empowerment or something similar to begin to apply this with confidence of them um, not doing it. Cause I'll just share one more story. A friend of mine, Tyrone that I met, I consider this guy to be enlightened because he had uh, some sort of really wild story. I won't go into now because it's about 20 minutes of what the hell was that? Um, It's actually in one of my books. People want to check it out, but he had a marijuana grow up and he defended himself in the Supreme court and won. And he was telling me about it and he was saying some of the stuff you're saying. And he's like, yeah, you know, I don't answer to that name, but had a knowledge and fully represented himself and was no problem. And he talked in the same way about, you know, um, the creator or God in, in a similar way that you do. It's, it, you know, in your way, I don't, don't want to presume it could be a religious way, but I felt like him and Cal, it's more of like a spiritual way or like a contract of our power here. You know what I mean? Like this is religion. Is divine, right? is... Go ahead. Yeah. Religion is man-made. I stay away from religion. When I was asked at different airports, oh, I see you're a minister. I say, yeah, because the scripture says, go out in the world and minister. So it doesn't matter what job you do, we're still ministering. Anyway, they say, which denomination? I said, oh, did I say I wasn't a denominational minister? And they say, oh, we know what you're saying. I don't answer questions. I ask questions and I control the conversation. Rules of equity prevails. I'm the creditor. I ask the questions and I do the commanding. Mate, answering that question, it's not going to take fun. (laughs) Yeah, it is. It's empowering. Um, We have court modules on the website too, how you can win every time. As long as you've got a reasonable... uh, America has probably more honourable judges. Here, they are just all masons and they 
blatantly lie to you. They're not really lies. They're, they're offers. They're offering you something like, uh, we don't accept bills of exchange in this court. That's just an offer. I say, well, you don't have to. They did. You know, you don't have to argue with them. But there are ways of dealing with things. But it's not 21 years like what I've gone through because I've had to learn the hard way. There was no one to follow and, and teach us what was right from wrong. So when things come into my presence, I trial it out. And I find that 90% doesn't work. And I've got the scars to prove it. So firstly, you're only going to have to learn, you've only got to spend 10% of the time that I've had to, to learn because you're learning the right ways to begin with. And secondly, we've got about 32 recorded webinars, each of a different subject matter. For example, if you've got an issue with tax, you only have to watch the hour and a half webinar and then you can go into the shop and get the actual documents to either discharge a, a pre-existing tax debt or use the documents to prevent a debt ever arising. See, we teach prevention and cure. Which one takes more energy? You get a common, you, you know, you get a real bad flu. Which one takes more energy? Stop getting the flu or getting over it? Getting over it. If you stop it, have lots of vitamin C and a few little things. You, I haven't had a cold or flu since 2008. You know, how many years is that? If I get a sore throat, double in some ploidal silver, bit of vitamin C, bang, gone within a couple of hours. The body is an amazing machine. But anyway, the point is, if there's a subject matter that you've got, we have the webinars to deal with it. So a couple of hours there, get the documents, read the documents, don't just use them, read the documents. And then if it takes you the day, you're already up to speed with that particular subject matter. We're making it easy for people. So it's not, you know, within, within 12 months of regular watching the, the, the webinars, we've, we've still got about 20 to do. And they'll be up there within probably the next six months. I'm doing two a month because it takes a serious amount of time amongst the million other things I do. But, you know, we, we'll be able to deal with any issue. So, yeah, just watch the webinars. It's really simple. Being free, if you learn how to negotiate commerce, you're going to be 95% free already. If you keep a low profile, you'll never hear from the public. You know, you're free. So that, that element I think we've covered reasonably well. I'm just grabbing my little glasses for a minute to look at my notes. Yeah, that's, secondary well, that's you mentioned it was... That sounds exciting, and I feel like you you need to do the whole podcast with those glasses on. That brings out your, uh, you know, Australian strut. You look like Top Gun, looking good. <laughs> Tom, called, Tom called me the Godfather. Got to wear this. <laughs> yeah, and you try to keep a low profile, and and Tom gets you out there. Then you go on Charlie Ward, and now now it's all over. You got a twenty one years down the drain. You tried. <laughs> It's like we it's like we need help. It's like we're the children, you know. I was like, I'm looking. I was like, we need we need help for this because I see what's coming down the pipe, and I'm like, this does not you're look the, good. We need we need. You're something. the next generation. You're the next generation of people of your age, and you know the world needs you. You guys are the ones that are, are going to have to step up. I might be a few years ahead of you, but I'll be here for another sixty years yet, and I'm not going to leave the industry. I'm going to have a bit more of a life, but I'm not going to leave the industry. Because 
the world is still under a lot of tyranny. So now there's a lot of people commenting about Trump and even about Putin, you know, the Russian leader. <clears throat> you know, they're, they're a different cabal, but the way I see it, and I have a lot of respect for Trump because he's done a lot of good for America, but I see it as the other side of the same coin. Whether you go with Biden or Trump, you're going to get a world order. One might be a bit worse than the other, but I see that there'll be a world order, but it's a very short-term lived thing because the scripture says three and a half years. That's very short. So with Trump, you know, I still see a lot of things that haven't been done, and I don't know if that's because he's constrained. Maybe he lacks the muscle to, to go after the real cabal, and we won't go into details, but I'm very conscious of the scriptures. The New Testament, which is all about the Messiah's travels, is all about how it teaches you how to negotiate commerce. It's a book on commerce. The Messiah tells you how to speak, except the church doesn't teach it. I wonder why not. Because, you know, they're part of the adverse adversarial system. But anyway, when you see, when he was approached and they wanted to, him to incriminate himself, he says, so you say, in other words, prove your claim. That's rules of equity. Or he says, well, let, you, want, you want me to answer this? Let me ask you this first. And when you answer that, I'll answer your question. They huddle in a, in a rugby scrum. If we say that, we incriminate it. If we say the other, we're lying. What if we just say we don't know? So they get Is that back what's and they happening say, oh, in these, these political debates I'm seeing? Because I've watched more politics than ever, and I can tell the overtly evil people, they never yes. once answer a question. They'll ask It'll a never. yes or no question five times, and then they'll – and you can just tell. It's like, you guys are evil people. But I have seen since then there actually seems to be some uh, honorable people in government around the world because you can see the difference. You know, yeah. they, they do want to help, and it's, it's Trump, so Trump obvious. Trump is answering the questions. Yeah, Trump is answering the questions. So that, that shows a lot more integrity than, than the last 50 years in office of any president. Reagan was the only one that came even partially close, but the rest of them, they're just controlled by the Masonic, uh, should, I, should I point out the culprits? I better not. You know, I've still got my neck and I want to keep it for the time being. But... <laughs> I'll you, maybe in private, we'll put it in like a but, private section. Yeah, well, maybe. But what I'm very conscious of is the book of Revelation, which says that it's, it's talking about the very end times, which we're in right now. We're at the end of the end times. And it talks about he, uh, the, the one that comes, even the elect, that means the top, the very top of everything, even the elect will be fooled. Now, who is that leader of the world? And we know there is a leader of the world because the first four months of office, Trump went around key countries, including Russia, China, uh, Saudi Arabia, the Vatican, and everyone's kissing his feet or bowing to him. He is recognised as the world leader. Now, the question is, is he the one that Revelation is talking about or is he genuinely trying to clean up? Now, if you look at his ancestry from two generations, 
they were all of the very most devilish people that you could come across. Now, I'm not saying Don is in the same category. I don't know Don. I've never met Don. But he seems to have done a lot of good things. But could that be the one to fool the entire world? I don't know. We'll see. But I'm doing my thing. I'm as private as I possibly can. And I go about doing my own thing, helping people, being in the background. I don't go into courts in my name. I've been in nearly 540 legal proceedings, mostly to help other people. I go in in a, in a different name, but they're connecting the dots because there's very few, if any, that can do what I can do. If someone's going to lose their home, I'll go into bat where I can for them. If they're going to lose their business, if they're going to suicide, I help them. We have a duty to help our neighbour. Now, the second thing is about the concern about the future. Well, <clears throat> I think the majority of the world has something seriously to be concerned about. I really do. Because we are going to go through a tribulation the world has never seen. So get ready for it. I've told people for 20 years, make sure you've got lots of fresh water, um, dry food for at least four to six months for every member of your family because Seeds of any crops take three to four months to get to harvest. Have lots of medicine. Maybe go out bush. We're buying 145 acres. We're just waiting for the contract. And then we'll, we'll get it so that we can grow our own food. We're growing our own food here, but I'm renting. That doesn't cut it. So there are things you can do to prepare, but the biggest preparation is your own mind. You know, the, the scripture is very clear. Those who are of the faith will survive. They will live life eternal. So get your head right first. And once the head's right, there's, no, there's nothing to fear. I couldn't give a monkey's what goes on in the world, to be honest. If there was a, a mile-high tidal wave, I couldn't give a hoot. The body might not survive it, but the spirit will. There's nothing to fear. You look at the natives, the original peoples. Do they give a hoot if they die or not? They know that the future that they go to is far superior to what we are living. This is not the real life that we're living now. This is an interim. I've got a book there with a doctor who was an atheist, except he kept hearing stories from his clients who'd come back from a near-death experience and they had always the same common features. So he took a year off and interviewed over a thousand people and became a man of faith because he believed the stories. These people were unrelated, didn't know one another, and yet they had all the same sort of stories. That's impossible. Mathematically, that's impossible. He changed his tune. Come on, people. There's so much evidence in life that, that everything was created that there's no excuse anymore to plead ignorance. There just isn't. I learned at university that trees and plants, they have um, the, the Fibonacci sequence amongst their leaves. That's a highly complex arithmetic formula. And it's in the plants. They found even in the cells of plants and animals, key words, which means love thy creator. It's in the genetic material of life. 
And when you look at the uh, codes, the DNA and RNA structures, and you say, oh, you know, that evolved, oh, God, God, it blows my mind. That is the height of ignorance. It's impossible. Anyway, I've laboured long enough on that. So well, I was saying know, about... Well, I, lo- I love all that. One thing you brought up a couple of times I'd love for you to um, expound upon is, you know, love thy creator. And so I think the two questions people would have is, who is the creator and um, can they get on board with that? I see it as like uh, nature, the universe, everything that is uh, synergistic, cooperative, and good, general essence of goodness. You know, I don't see it as a bearded guy in the sky. Maybe he existed and, and was a, you know, here to tell us what's up, but I feel like it's, it's an energy or an intention, like the spirit of life, like the creator, um, how the indigenous refer to it. So I, I, I see it as that. And so I love your opinion on it. And then how do we, how do we actually serve that creator? People will be like, okay, well, I have this job, but how exactly do I serve the creator? What do I do? Yeah. Look, yeah. Look, it's, that's not an easy question. I think if there was going to be a two word summary or something, I would say it's, um, it's eternal energy and energy is in everything. But the ancient languages talk about a plural word of creator, which could imply that there was a civilization that actually created us. And I read a a series of books by a fabulous writer called Jonathan Gray. The first book was Dead Man's Secrets. I read it overnight one night, had it for years and thought, wonder what it's about. I read the first page and I didn't get back to work, and I went all night until I'd finished. Every page was full of evidence and factual information of our ancestors and where we all come from and how they found several implosions of civilizations, at least two before us, including uh, Lemuria and, um, and um, Atlantis, which uh, Lemuria, a lot of it's still afloat. Australia's part of it. But anyway... Reading those things put things in perspective. And there's a website. You can buy them electronically. I have two of them electronically anyway. Noah's uh, Ark was found, um, sorry, not Noah's Ark was found in 47 in uh, Mount Ararat. I suppose you already know that. But um, the Ark of the Covenant, which was a power source, which ran all of India, uh, in Egypt electronically, you know, two, th- two and a half Two and a half or three and a half thousand years ago, when the no, um, when um, oh, sorry, my mind's racing with too many different directions. But you know, the the Exodus, they took two million uh, Jews out out of, um, and they weren't Jews; they were Hebrew. But anyway, that's another story. But they took them out of Egypt. But they took the Ark of the Covenant from the top of Cheops, the pyramid. It was an energy source, and um, that energy, that that uh, ark was found underground in under Jerusalem when the uh, Babel, it was either the Babylonians or the Medes were coming in and they surrounded Jerusalem. Anyway, they dropped it through the uh, a street in Jerusalem. Probably, probably all of it. Glad, glad to have you back. Um, yeah, you start to get a little bit squirrely with the internet, but all, all very in, important stuff. You know, this is, this is 
absolutely critical knowledge. Do you want to just continue where you were going? Because, um, you know, the Ark of the Covenant, interestingly, when I was, went to Egypt with the Resonant Science Foundation, the Ark of the Covenant was one of the main things all of the scientists and the uh, Egyptologists, every single person, that was one of their main um, inquiries of what was that thing. And, and they said it was an energy source and they were trying to deduce how the pyramids were built and how it worked. And, and I've always hoped for um, something, something that would resemble Atlantis or Lumeria, but we're in this system that is clearly not supportive to life. So, yeah, what, do you want to continue from where you were, or do I just shoot you a whole load of questions again? Well, we, we can – I'll just quickly wrap it up because there's, it's, there's so many subject areas, Matt, that you, you could be here all day, honestly. Um, yeah, the Ark of the Covenant was found in 1982 under Jerusalem, but for those who are really fascinated by it, uh, you can – Oh, shoot, the keep keeps not working. Darn. 